Hello and welcome to City on Air. I'm Freya Hudson. And I'm Joe Holding. This week we'll be covering the student fees demo, more news on City's drop-in applications and the upcoming University Music League. We'll also be filling you in on what's going on in the local area and, of course, updating you on the latest sports results. It's nearly a year since MPs voted to raise the university tuition fees cap from £3,000 to £9,000 a year. As the first block of applications come in under the new system, City on Air takes a closer look at the facts and figures. According to a Times report printed before our break for reading week, universities were hit with the biggest fall in applications for over 30 years. With fees being hiked up to 9000 a year, this may be evidence that students are being put off going to university by the fear of debt. City saw applications for next year fall by around 40%, the highest figure reported in the Times. University issued a statement to the expected of fall in applications because they've introduced stricter entry requirements. Jack, a second-year journalism student, said... If I was having to pay nine grand a year, I would get work experience, I would start from the bottom and work my way up. I think that would be a lot more financially beneficial. Sam, who's on exchange from New York, also said this. I've had work in an internship that wasn't paid well, but I know at the village or down in downtown Manhattan that if I go back there, I can probably get a job. The 40% drop to me is the 40% of the people who are saying it's worth more to me to spend six months interning and learning than it is to spend three or four years at a university paying. On Wednesday, central London saw people protest for the second time against the rising university fees. Police were prepared with rubber bullets, causing concerns that the demo may get violent. We spoke to Rima Amin, a member of the NUS Black Students Committee, who attended the protest. The approach and attitude that everyone there had, it was very friendly, very vibrant. Um, Everyone was quite united. There was an anticipation that there would be violence, and that was from both sides. You've got the police suggesting that they might have to use rubber bullets to control the protesters, and... Some of the protesters thought that was quite intimidating and thought that they were trying to be provoked, but luckily nothing actually happened and that allowed the actual focus to stay, and that was the tuition fees and fee cuts. Unlike the previous protest that saw protesters from the entire UK, this had a far more local representation. Rima thinks that this could be due to the fact that some students were not able to attend from across the country. Also, a lot of people had to work so were unable to attend. She also told us why she thinks it was important to protest for a second time, despite the lack of change from the first demo. There's very little that can actually happen, but I mean, in terms of the future, we still don't want our younger brothers or sisters and daughters to have to face these tuition fees. So if we tell the politicians and stuff out there that this is what we want, they might come in and introduce a better education policy And in that case, we will support them. And they know that if they were to do that, they'd have the support of all the protesters out there. And now, City University Students' Union has a new, more democratic constitution. Sophie Harder reports. The Students' Union's new constitution was approved by the Trustee Board on the 1st of November. The constitution decides what the union does, how they work, and also sets out the objects of the union. It was changed to make it... Charity Commission compliant as the union has to register as a charity within the coming months. City on Air talked to the Students' Union President and Chair of the Trustee Board, Rob Scully, about the process of making the new constitution. It was a long kind of process. We had to take the model document, adapt it to how we want it to be, and then, because 1994 Education Act says that University Council have to approve the document, 
there was a bit of negotiation with the university and a compromise on some parts, although not very many. So I'd say it was, it was a successful kind of outcome and we're very happy with it. The new constitution is based on a model document designed by the NUS, which has been adapted to work for City. There are a few changes to the new constitution, especially when it comes to the trustee board. There are quite a few changes within it that make a difference. We've now changed the makeup of our trustee boards. We're going to have two students on our trustee board, as well as the three officers and some externals as well. It's given a greater kind of transparency of what the trustee board do, what their powers are. It goes into a lot more detail about how the trustee board interacts with, with student body and the decisions are made. It also makes provisions for general meetings and an annual general meeting every year where membership can come and have their say on, on the way that the union works and our policies. So there's quite a lot in there. It's quite a meaty document. The full constitution can be found on the Students' Union website. You might remember that a few weeks ago we ran a story about issues that students were experiencing in their halls of residence at Liberty Court. Joe Holding is here to update us on the situation. Since our story about student accommodation three weeks ago, the management at Liberty Court have responded with an official statement concerning the issues raised by City On Air. In the statement, Assistant Manager Paul Baldwin said that they had received many complaints from neighbours regarding noise levels coming from within Liberty Court and that these complaints have been dealt with when individual residents can be identified. They also said that it was not their intention to cause any bad feeling between management and residents and that issues had to be investigated accordingly. Also, kitchen inspections recently began and are carried out every two weeks. Liberty Court stressed that all residents are entitled to a pleasant living environment and that rotors were encouraged to ensure everyone does their fair share of work. They also closed the statement by saying that residents are welcome to approach them with any feedback on any issues they may be experiencing. Paul Baldwin also pointed out that people can write their feedback on the suggestion cards available in reception or on the recent resident questionnaire. If you don't feel you can talk to the management, then you can send your complaints to the ANUK National Code of Standards, whose website is www.thenationalcode.org. If you would like to see the full statement, please contact us in the usual way. Moving on, it's City Volunteering Fair next Wednesday, and 30 organisations will be talking to students about a range of different volunteering opportunities. Frey Hudson has been looking into what will be going on this year. The different opportunities on offer really range from whether people want to do something related to their course or whether they are just looking to give something back. I talked to Ben Butler from City Volunteering about what will be at the fair. We have a range of different organisations that are coming from large national charities like the British Red Cross, like the Royal National Institute for Blind People and their SUSTRANS. But there's also going to be smaller community-based groups. There'll also be some student-led projects as well. So if you'd like to volunteer working alongside a group of other students who are trying to make a difference in the community, then it's a great way to kind of get involved with them. The fair will be from 1pm to 4pm in the Great Hall, which is located in the college building. Last year, there was a good turnout, despite an untimely tube strike, and reading week, meaning that many students weren't around. So this year's fair is expected to be particularly popular. If students want to sign up, they can go to our website, um, and that will mean that they can beat the queues. So if they go to tiny.cc forward slash cvfair, that just means that they'll be able to uh, see all of the different organisations that are going to be there, what opportunities they're offering, and they can actually register directly online as well. 
Chancellor of City University, Michael Baer, has been accused of having a dual identity as an elected local authority representative and as an executive working for Hammerson, a real estate company. The Guardian revealed that Hammerson has spent at least £60 million acquiring properties in East London. Also, the City University Big Band are planning to raise money for children in need next Friday by playing music in unusual places around the university. Tune in next week for the full report. Sadler's Bar hosted its first open mic night of the year this Monday. Camilla Nygaard Larson went down to check out the tunes. Sadler's first open mic night went down on Monday and the Students' Union Bar made for an intimate feel. I spoke to Harriet Riley, a second-year music student who arranged it all. I personally get involved in quite a lot of open mic nights outside of the uni, so I've just been wanting to try and sort of encourage more people to get involved with them here and get a chance to perform, really. Acts on the night included artists, bands and songwriters such as Abby Hardiman, a first-year music student, Dames Perkins, last-year music student and SRO for School of Arts, and the latter part of Do Me, Muhammad Ali. Harriet also performed a couple of songs herself. As the night came to an end, it was clear that it had been a success and Harriet spoke about making a habit out of these open mic nights. We haven't really spent a huge amount of time advertising it, but looking at the Facebook groups, there seems to be a number of people quite interested. Targeting the music department, there are a fair few people who said that they will commit to coming, but yeah, we should have enough to get it going. Depending how this goes, we're hoping to maybe get them maybe twice a month, um, if not once a month. So did you have a good time, Camilla? did indeed, and I will definitely be going down to the next one, which is scheduled for Monday the 21st of November. This weekend there are a few things going on in Angel. If you fancy a bit of 1910 theatre, the opera Cabaret Company presents a Mano Wolf Ferrari's witty and delightful comedy, Susanna's Secret, this weekend in the King's Head Theatre. Screen on the Green is showing a few different films this week, including Wuthering Heights, The Future and Kung Fu Panda 2. And if you'd like to get into the festive mood, the Country Living magazine Christmas Fair will be happening in the Business Design Centre in Angel this weekend. Tickets are £12.50 in advance and £16 on the day. Christmas spirit is guaranteed. Uni Music League is starting and Camilla Nygaard Larson has been talking to Victoria Rosica, the communications manager at Music League, about what the competition is all about. Uni Music League was launched last night with King's College hosting the first official event. Victoria told me the competition is all about the students and the music. And we realised there is so much talent and talented musicians in university who just purely don't have much time to give the full amount of effort to pursue their music career. It's going to make it simpler for the musicians at university to try and pursue their dream. So we don't particularly see it as a competition, but more as a platform to support musicians. So how does the competition work? It works a little bit like the X Factor. There are 21 London universities participating and each has a number of acts that the public can vote for. And by mid-December, the universities will have one act each to represent them. And these acts will then compete against other universities and by April next year, one act will be crowned as the winner. And the price to win is actually quite good. You get an EP produced by Charlie Hugel who has worked with Florence and the Machine, Kaiser Chiefs, Razor Light, and most recently Ed Sheeran. And what acts have we got from City? We have got three acts competing for City. Uh, they are Edward, Sonic and Tracy, and in the coming weeks we will be interviewing all of them exclusively here on City on Air. And now the sports results. The men's basketball team won 65-50 to 50 away against Kent last week, and the women's basketball team lost 53-59 to 59 away against Buckingham New. 
The men's badminton team won 5-3 in their away game against Surrey. The men's football team lost 2-5 away against Hertfordshire, while the women's football team won 11-0 away against Kings Medics. The women's hockey team lost 6-0 away against Hertfordshire, and the men's team also lost their away game against Reading 0-7. And last but not least, the men's rugby team won 27-7 at home against East London last week. Well, I'm afraid that's all we've got time for this week, or rather, that's all we've got this week. Make sure you tune in next time for more updates from around the campus. City on Air is produced by Camilla nygaard Larson, and assistant editor was Freya Hudson. I've been Joe Holding. And I've been Freya Hudson. Good day. Thank <laughs> you.